If I could title the text this morning, I would title it Investing in Having a Kingdom Mind. Investing in Having a Kingdom Mind. And although I will footnote several passages this morning, I would like for you to turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we'll be looking at the first two verses together. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we'll be looking at the first two verses together. Now, as you turn there, I'll read it for us, and then I'll just give a little historical backdrop, putting the text in its context this morning for us as we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. I've been working through 1 Thessalonians just in, my, in a part of my own Bible study um, over the last few months, and the Lord, just in his kindness, said, hey, listen, here's where you need to land, and here's where you need to preach from this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. If you're looking for it, follows Philippians and Colossians, and uh, right before 1 Timothy. A little bit. If you flick too far, you'll go straight past it. But don't let the smallness in numbers or pages in your Bible uh, belittle the significance of this short book that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. Hear the word of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Additionally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instructions from us on how you should live and please God, and as you are doing, do this even more. The ESV says there, do this even more and more. The NIV says, just do this as often or as much as you can. Chapter verse 2 says, for you know the commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. And I'll deal primarily with those two scriptures or verses of passage this morning. Just to put the text in its context a little bit. Paul, upon his release from prison, the apostle Paul from his release from prison, as, as often as he did, Paul didn't, like, flee to a place of comfort. Paul fled to see where else he could invest in. So Paul is released from prison. And although Paul had been, we, we see this in, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, just the way he lays out all the things that he had gone through, all the ways that he had been perplexed and burdened. And yet and still, Paul is released from prison. And he says, where can I invest now? In this age, in this stage of my life, where can I invest now was his thought. So Paul makes speedily to Thessalonica. Paul, while in Paul, while Paul was in Thessalonica, you can go there. If you read Acts chapter 17, about the first 10 verses of that, it goes a little bit like this. You can, you can footnote it and read it a little bit later on. Acts chapter 17, Paul gets there in Thessalonica. Plants a church after being in prison. Many Greeks come to him. And don't miss this. Oftentimes, women are belittled and left out of the scripture. And, and, and even more so in some of our contemporary life. Paul converted both the Greeks and leading women of Thessalonica. That would have been women who owned businesses and had money. We also see this in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 7 and Luke chapter 8. We see this in Paul's life in Romans chapter 16. Paul lays this lineage of women down that supported his ministry. And he doesn't, he doesn't stumble here, Luke doesn't. I believe Luke wrote the book of Acts. He doesn't stumble. But he said, hey, listen, both the Greeks and leading women came to support Paul in his ministry. 
Paul, in short, set the Thessalonican city on fire. And that's why I'll get to the first three chapters here in a moment. Paul wanted to write to see how they were doing. Paul wanted to check on them. So Paul left prison and immediately said, now, how can I invest in other cities that haven't heard the gospel? In short, the Jewish leaders of that time, the scribes, the high priests, the people who should have been loving the Lord, the people who should have been leading the churches, fled him. They, they put him out of the city. Yeah. And then Paul, again, doesn't leave Thessalonica and go into hiding. Paul then goes to Berea. And you're probably ready about the Berean churches. Paul leaves of Philippians in chains, goes to Thessalonica, invests there, is put, out of Thessal is put out of Thessalonica, goes to Berea and invests there. What's the emphasis here? The emphasis is Paul lived a life of investing and having a kingdom mind. Paul had a mind of Christ yeah. in every single step of his life once he was converted. Yes, we don't come to a point where we say, hey, we no longer invest. That's a little bit of the context there. Paul is chased out. And then Paul, having great concern for the church at Thessalonica, does what any good pastor, teacher, leader does. You want to know what your pastor said about uh, this morning walk? He says, you know what? I actually like you preaching this morning because I get to see the people more than I typically do. He said, he said I'm excited to get, to get to engage and to see them more than I typically do, especially because of COVID. And Paul had this same mind. Paul said, well, how was the church at Thessalonica? What are they doing? How are they doing? So Paul wrote a letter to them, and he sent Timothy to go see them and to go check on them. And in chapters 1, you see, you see Paul saying, hey, listen, hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm glad that God gave me you. I, I hope that you're still imitating all that I told you to do. Christ has given me you, given us together as a gift for one another. And now I'm writing you because I'm, I'm greatly concerned about you. Are you still investing in what I hope you were investing in? And why did he why did Paul have concern? Paul had great concern because he understood the power of Satan. His question was his fear was, has Satan tempted you beyond your own capacity? And the word Paul gets back is one of great encouragement. Paul gets back word that they are standing firm in their faith, that they are continually to invest in all that he told them, that they had not wavered, even though he was put out of the city. And then Paul comes to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Hopefully that's set in, in this context. So now he says this. Finally, he said everything else. I thank God for you. Be imitators of me. Glad Satan hasn't tempted you. I'll work day and night for you. I have prayed continuously for you. May the Lord direct you our way. May he make you increase and abound in love. And then finally, he says, in conclusion of this letter, and as you see, Paul had a pretty long conclusion in this letter. Paul says, finally, then. And finally, then, so I, 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 I want to I sit on those words for a minute. Finally, then, Paul says, with great love and affection. And we see this great love and affection in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. So we know, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verses 6 and 13 as well. We know Paul isn't, isn't badgering them at this point because Paul already has the news that they are doing well. And so now he says, finally then, in all that I have said, in all that I have said, in all that I want you to do, hear this. Brothers and sisters, two things that I want you to do in love and affection with great comfort and great thanksgiving. I'm asking and I'm urging you to remain in the Lord. I'm asking and I'm urging you to remain in the Lord. People will ask us to do a lot of things. A lot of things. You've been asked probably hundreds of things to do, maybe even this week. Will you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Will you do this for me? Can you do this favor for me? On the course of your life, 
thousands of things you've been asked to do. But now Paul is asking the, the Thessalonians, and I'm asking you all, and the Lord is asking all of us, I'm asking and I'm urging you to do what? To remain in the Lord. Now this ask is an is a urgent plea. Let's not stumble over that. I'm asking you to have a kingdom mindset. I'm asking you to invest. I'm asking you to do what Matthew 6.33 says, invest in the Lord. Everything else will be added. Philippians 2, 5 and 8, have a mind like Christ. I am asking you and I am urging you. Now, there's a great urging here. Why the sense of exhortation and urging? Because all Paul understands that life and death are at stake. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1, he says, I'm asking and I'm urging you. So, saints, as a way of application, are we asking and are we urging people to invest in Christ? Are we asking them to do a bunch of stuff that's really, really, really less significant than this? My ask and my urging to you today is to invest in the kingdom. Now, here's the deal Paul is saying. Brothers and sisters, as we ask and as we urge, he's saying to do this in the Lord. So what is he asking? I'm asking for you to be in sync with the Lord. I'm asking for you to be in holy communion with the Lord as you are asking and as you, and I'm urging you and as you are investing because if you are not in sync with the Lord and if you are not in communion with the Lord, you cannot invest. You can't invest. You can't invest what you don't have to invest. How can you invest time in prayer if you're not praying? How can you pray for one another? How can you do that? You can't do it if you are not walking in communion with the Lord. You cannot have a kingdom mind if you're not communing with the Lord. It just doesn't happen that way. It's not all of a sudden these, you know, trials and tribulation comes. Now I'm going to turn on the, I'm going to turn on the Lord switch. It doesn't work that way. We have to have lives where we are continually walking lockstep with the Lord. And He's saying, brothers and sisters, I'm asking and I'm urging you. To be in communion with the Lord. Cornerstone, I'm asking you, will you be in communion with the Lord? So what does communion with the Lord look like? It looks like praying. Spending consistent time in praying. I don't know a prayer warrior like my wife. Just don't know him. Maybe you say, oh, yeah, you live with her. Ah, you know, I've been around a lot of people. How are we investing Eternally. How are we investing eternally? We know it's not closed. Everything else will be burned up. First, First Corinthians chapter 4 tells us that. The only things that are the Lord will last. First thing I'm, I'm, I'm pleading and I'm begging you to do, I'm urging you to do, is to pray more. Set reminders on your phone to pray more. I know I have to. I get busy with work, busy meeting to meeting, and the prompts come up. I use a little prayer app, Echo. It reminds me, hey, you need to pray for these six people right now. Use those constant prompts. How do we commune with the Lord? We must first pray must first pray. Second, way to remain in communion with the Lord is to read his scripture. Paul says, I'm asking and I'm urging. What is Paul asking and urging them to do? I'm asking you to have a mind like me. Paul already told them, I pray day and night with you. So just be an imitator of me. So saints, pray day and night. Pray day and night. Pray night and day. And then read your scripture. Oftentimes, Many people, students ask me all the time, hey, how do you reconcile this and this and what I'm hearing in the news and what I'm hearing on Facebook and what I'm hearing on Twitter? I say, read your scripture. (laughs) Read your Bible. Read more of the Bible than you do anything else so that you will know how to deal with everything else that you hear and that you see. So I'm begging you, I'm asking, and I'm urging you all as believers, spend more time in the book of Romans than you do with news media. 
so you can track your pastor as he's preaching through Romans. So you can be with him so you can rightly engage in Bible study. Do those things. Spend more time in the text than you do any other text. And I'm telling you, you will have the answers that you need and you will know how to rightly respond. If you are praying and you are seeking what the Lord is asking us to do in the scripture, we can't be duplicitous and bifurcated in the way that we think about the world. If we say that we trust that the Bible has all of our answers and we look everywhere else, look in the scripture. I'm asking and I'm urging you to invest in Bible reading. I'm asking and I'm urging to invest in prayer time. Number one, we ought to pray. Number two, we ought to spend more time in our text. You say, oh, man, we've been, you know, we, we, we've been hearing this for a long time. Well, listen, you know, the thing about the truth and the things that are significant and important, they never change. Right. <laughs> the things that we ought to make time for. You can't please God without his power. So if you're praying for the power, you need to pray for the power of the spirit. You can't walk in sync with the Lord if you don't have his power. Third thing we ought to do is use our spiritual gifts. I'm asking and I'm urging. I'm asking and I'm urging. I'm asking and I'm urging. I'm asking, how do we make an investment? We make the investment by using our spiritual gifts. I'm not sure where your pastor is in Romans, but Romans chapter 12, he'll get there. First Corinthians chapter 12, same thing. Use your spiritual gifts in order to invest in the Lord. Now, now practice, what I've typically seen is typically the natural gifts that we have are, are sometimes go in sync with our spiritual gifts. So I'm, I'm a teacher, right? Yeah, I teach. I, taught, I started my career teaching first grade, but I also teach the Bible. Those two things go together, right? But I want to use the natural gift that the Lord gave me in order to also invest in his people eternally. Same thing. So, so ask the Lord, how can I invest? I hear of all the ministries that are available and ways for you to serve here, admonishing people and, and hospitality, all those many things, all those many ways for us to use our gift. But you can't do those things if you are not in communion with the Lord. We must first pray. We must read our scripture. We must use our spiritual gifts. So now here's the heart check for us right now. We have to ask ourselves honestly. You don't have to tell anybody else, but the power of the spirit will tell you and don't don't reject the answer that he gives you. Are you spending enough time in prayer and reading your Bible and using your spiritual gifts? Are you? I don't want to be legalistic. I just want to be spiritual. Paul is going to say in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17. Always have joy, pray without ceasing. That wasn't that wasn't tongue in cheek. I think he really meant, as he says in First Thessalonians chapter two, night and day I prayed for you. Paul is making tents and he's praying. Paul is make, breaking down tents and he's praying. Paul is walking along the way and he's praying. Paul everywhere go, everywhere Paul go. Paul is teaching. You can pray wherever you are. Pray, read your scripture, use your spiritual gift. Let me hear you along now. Finally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask and we urge you in the Lord. That as you receive from us now, you ought to walk and to please God. That's a beautiful thing. Paul is saying, saying, you already know what to do. You already know what to do. I've already told you what to do. You've already received what to do. Now, Now the step forward is, but I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you to invest now. What? More and more. How about that? More and more. Now, we, we, we understand. If you don't, I'll just try to give the 30 seconds I understand about return on the investment as it relates to money in the bank, right? The, the, the more you invest at a particular time, the more, the greater the return will be in the future. 
I mean, we see this in the parable when Jesus Christ says, hey, I, you know, here, here's a talent, here's a talent, here's a talent. One buried the talent, one invested the talent, one, one flipped the talent. And here's the deal. Are you investing? Will you do that more and more? Will you pray more and more? Will you read the Bible more and more? Will you use your spiritual gift more and more? Yes, I'm already doing it. Paul is saying do it more and more. Do it more and more. I, I suspect Paul is a, a phenomenal writer, and I, Paul is right. I guess he probably had certain brothers and sisters in mind, and he probably heard them saying, well, Paul, I'm already doing this, so Paul said, we'll just do it more and more. Yeah. Well, Pastor McGee tell you, well, Pastor, I'm already serving here, we'll just do it more and more. We've been doing that 16 years. Do it more, do another 16 years. Do it more and more. Why? Why? Why would Paul urge them? Why would he be asking and urging them to do more and more what they're already doing? Paul is asking and Paul is urging because he understands 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that at the end of our lives, we get our just due. We get our recompense. Not from the people in the Wilmington that you're serving. That's not going to happen. If you're serving at a homeless shelter, there's nobody from a homeless shelter that can give you. Not tangibly in this life anyway. But why would you do that? You would do that because you understand that the king in heaven, the God over the earth, the God that walks the earth, we just think about it, the God that walks the earth, whose power and spirit sustains us, will give you your just due. It doesn't say, I'm not asking you and urging you because I'm going to pay you back. That's not what the scripture says. But Paul is understanding, and I hope you understand, that it is not anything nobody here can give you your just due. It is the king of heaven who will give you your just due. That is why we do it more and more. More and more. We're already doing it. Do it more and more. How much more? More and more. Invest more and more. And the return will be great. For you know the instructions that we gave you. And I'm simply asking you to do it more and more. For you know what instructions verse 2 says. We gave you through. And this is awesome. Some of the translations uh, do this. For you know what commandments we gave you. What commandments we gave you. Through. The Lord Jesus. I don't stumble over that. Don't stumble over who's giving the commandments. Maybe, maybe your mind jumped to the Ten Commandments. That's all good. Maybe that's the implication here. Maybe your mind went to Matthew chapter 5. That's all good. Maybe that's the implication here. Maybe your mind jumped to Luke chapter 6. I'm not sure. Maybe that's the implication here. But if you look at the Ten Commandments and you look at the Beatitudes and you listen to the Sermon on the Mount and you listen to the words of Jesus Christ saying, hey, store up gifts in heaven. These are the commandments that I gave you. Love your brother and sister. These are the commandments that I gave you. Turn the other cheek. These are the commandments that I gave you. Love one another. These are the commandments that I gave you. Love your enemies. These are the commandments that I gave you. Be careful how you judge people. These are the commandments that I gave you. Honor your mother and father. These are the commandments that I gave you. Do not have any other gods before me. These are the commandments that I gave you. I suspect that Paul is telling them, do all of those things. Don't forget the commands. Don't forget the instructions of who? Lord, our God. Here is what's amazing. I have three children. And oftentimes they'll be telling each other what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a little bit different if the instruction is clean your room. And like, who said that? <laughs> is that, is that, a, is that a you telling me to clean the room? Or is that a, is that a mama or daddy telling me to clean the room? And if it's like a you or me telling the clean, it's like, ah, maybe I'll get to it. 
Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll do it, right? Maybe I'll clean it up. Maybe I'll clean the playroom up. Just maybe. If it's coming from you, just maybe. But Paul's emphasis here is remember the commandments and instructions from the Lord Jesus. That's a little bit different of a movement when I when they say, oh, mama said clean up. It's like these are mama's commandments. These are mama's instructions right now. You know why? Because what they understand is this. On the backside of either following that command and instruction or not following that command or instruction, there will be a consequence. There will be a consequence. So what's the consequence going to be? Is it going to be one of, oh, man, I'm so glad y'all followed directions and instructions. Let's go get some ice cream. Or is it going to be, I cannot believe y'all did not follow the instructions that we gave y'all. Here is your consequence and your punishment and your just due for not doing what we told you to do on the first time when we told you to do it. Our, our Heavenly Father is no different, and Paul knows that. Follow the commands, not of what the governors in Thessalonica are telling you to do. Don't just follow the commands what other people are telling you to do. Follow the commands of Lord Jesus, of Christ our King. Don't get it twisted. Romans 13 reminds us that we ought to be, that we ought to be subject to the governors and the authority, giving to Caesar what is Caesar's, giving to God what is God. But don't forget the commands and the instructions of the Lord Jesus. Now, you can't remember what you don't know. That goes back to my second application, which is you must read your Bible. Yeah. Oftentimes we get the point, how do I invest? Well, you don't know how to invest because you're not reading your scripture. How can I invest? What would the Lord have me do? You don't know what your king would have you to do because you're not spending time in communion with your king yeah. when you invest time with your king. Yeah. If certain people come to town, we'd be clamoring to spend time with them. We'd be clamoring. Have you ever seen a jet land? I mean, oh, uh, the president was here. And this is not a political statement at all. Don't think that. I give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and I give unto God what is God's. But I suspect that Donald Trump's plane landed somewhere and people were clamoring to get to him. They make time. They change their schedules up. Maybe your favorite actor or artist or, or athlete, whoever comes, you hear them coming to town and you give up everything you have in order to go spend time with them. Whatever it takes. I want to invest time in meeting this person who dribbles a basketball and shoots a hoop for a living. I want to see them. Why? It's all good. I don't know. But here's the deal. You have complete access to Jesus Christ and his word and his love all day long. And he never flips the script. He never changes up what he requires of us. If you want to invest, spend time in prayer. If you want to invest, spend time in the scripture. If you want to invest, spend time serving this community. Let this church, Lord, let Cornerstone be the heartbeat of Wilmington. Will you invest? Not to get pat on the backs from people in this church, but to please the Lord Jesus. He says, well, you know what instructions we gave you. And he cycles back around and says, through the Lord Jesus. It wasn't Paul's command. It's the Lord Jesus' command. It's the Lord Jesus' command. Let this be an encouragement to you all. That if you pray, and that if you read your scripture, and that if you invest your time eternally, the Lord will give you your just due. He's not, a, he's not a trickster. He's not a trickster. If I put my money in this stock, is it still going to be there in six months? Stock market may crash. I don't know. Good luck guessing that. But I can tell you one thing, that's for sure. You invest time with the king. 
you will get your just due. Now, let me close the back door here. Because Hebrews chapter 11 says you may not receive your just due right now. You read through that, my heart kind of leaps into the segment, and then I'm grieved. I'm like, oh, wow. At least then I'm grieved. Oh, man. I warn you, you're steward more and more. Not ever expecting. What is love? Not ever expecting anything to be given to you from any man or woman or individual or organization that you serve. Why? Because we're not doing it for them. Our vocation and what we do is for them. But we're not looking for them to give us our just due. There was no greater example than this than Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us. Let's just walk through the three points right now. He prayed. How did his captors know where to find him? They said, oh, hey, he's over praying. <laughs> oh, can we find him? How, how, how can we find him? It's not like, can we not find him? Where can we find him? I know exactly where he's going to be. He's going to be praying because he is a man of prayer. Fast forward, Luke chapter 4, we're looking at him. Young, young man growing in wisdom and in stature. Luke 5, 2. All the way from chapter 4 to Luke, Luke, Luke chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, we see him growing in wisdom and in stature, reading. Every time he spoke, he spoke from Scripture. He said, you have heard that the Scripture says this, but I ain't telling you this. He was a man of prayer. He was a man who kept him face in the word, although he was the word. And every single thing he did was an investment in eternity. Let the little children come to me. I'll heal a blind person. I'll heal a lame man. I'll heal a woman. I'll raise the dead. All of that was an investment in eternity, proving that he himself was God. Jesus Christ is our greatest example, and there is no better example than him laying down his life for all of us. Will you lay down your life for your friends? He did it. And he did it and he took it up. We don't serve some king who just laid down his life. We serve a king now. Cornerstone took up his life and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Romans 8 tells us this interceding, translating by the power of the Spirit, the moans and groans as you try to do it more and more to our Heavenly Father. For us, Cornerstone, will you invest? Praying in the Scripture, serving using your spiritual gift. Keep your mind set on the king and to make sure that what you are doing is pleasing to the king. Let me pray for us.